Good morning. It's a Mean Green Nation podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we're coming to you on a uh, a somber morning. Now, uh, it's difficult to be too upset about anything in life uh, in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, the North Texas Mean Green sure made it difficult to, to hold that thought and believe it. Um, that was an awful loss, 65 to 35 to the SMU of, uh, I guess, what, University Park? They have that D on their helmet. They should just really have, like, a UP, right? Um, folks, that was terrible. Uh, North Texas was always going to struggle in this one. Uh, we wrote about it in the preview, and if you didn't get the chance to read the preview, you can kind of see where we outlined it. Um, you know, basically, North Texas was coming in. This is a rebuilding year, a retooling year, right? We didn't, we had zero quarterbacks, right? Because we have the two. We don't really believe in either one of them uh, enough to say, here's the, here are the keys to the car, go drive it, without asking them to pull over every, every, uh, you know, couple miles and say, let's switch again and see what, it, see what we can get over here. Um, so we, we knew that was going to be a struggle. There's talent on this on this offense though on the on the mean green side. And we talked about this in the in the preview podcast. There's talent on our side. The run game is there. SMU, uh, you know, they they were exposed a little bit against Texas State uh on both sides of the ball. They showed that they can be gotten to, that they're not an infallible, unscore you know, just juggernaut of a team. Uh and we knew North Texas had some flaws. The defense was a work in progress, new coordinator, new scheme. Uh, some new faces in new places. And, uh, you know, that's the nature of college football, though, right? You never truly know. You think maybe you have it. You got some talent. You had some practice. Well, there's not even some practice this time, right? So we knew there was going to be some questions and some mistakes made. Uh, cool, right? Um, that's that's fine. Going into this game, we knew that North Texas was probably going to struggle enough on offense to uh, kind of cause some some mistakes for themselves, and we knew that the defense was going to allow some some uh, highlight real touchdowns, right? Blown coverage, okay, that that's fine. Um, what we did not expect was that the tackling was going to be so poor that uh, starting linebackers were going to bounce off the quarterback, um, you know, more than one time. Uh, that the first time anybody was going to touch uh, Ulysses Bentley, was, I don't know, seven to ten yards down the field. Uh, that the defensive line was going to get pushed back, forward, left, right, uh, wherever. It looked at times as if the SMU run game was running against air. The blocks were hitting um, right where they designed them up. Guys were getting to the second, third level, basically. Um, you know, and, and that often put one man... To make the play, right? One man to beat, and too often, uh, I think in the case of of Ulysses Bentley running for eighty four yards, that was uh, that one man to beat was beat, right? Uh, I do want to point out uh, it's Javier Neal, right? Javier, not Javier or something like that. Javier Neal uh, made a, a, an incredible open field tackle at one point in the game, but I mean the points were already scored. That was. Uh, you know, not not a game saving tackle, but maybe just a a highlight reel saving tackle. Um, that was all bad. 
right? The defense was terrible. The offense, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, hey, well, you know, 35 points, 500-something yards of offense. Uh, that's not too bad, is it? Well, yeah, it's still pretty bad, right? Like, you, the, the line was like 14 and a half or something like that. I thought that was fair. I thought that was, um, you know, like if North Texas lost by 21, you know, I, I would have been fine with the whole thing. Uh, even losing by 30 is not too difficult to swallow. But losing by 30 when you allow 65 points, uh, that's pretty terrible, right? Um, 42, okay. Maybe even 50, okay. Because you put up a fight a little bit. But uh, uh, I wrote I wrote this in the recap. But SMU had 16 possessions, and they scored on 11 of them. And uh, of those 16, um, of the remaining of those 16, one of them was like the end of half. Right? They just ran the ball out, the clock out at the end of the game. Uh, so it pretty much was uh, a perfect day for them. They punted was it twice, and they had to turn over on downs. And then the other times, they had three field goals. Um, that was it. The defense uh, got ran over, got ran through, got ran around. Um, and I think only a couple of those things are understandable, acceptable, right? And, you know, we said this before, right? I think one, um, not to say that I'm like uh, um, defending Troy Reffitt's defense, but I, I think, you know, I'm trying to understand the thought process here. Um, so Troy Reffitt had a philosophy of going man-to-man across the board, man-marking, if you like soccer, um, but basically saying, hey, we're going to go single coverage all the way across, our corner against your receiver, and we are going to bring pressure. So you are going to have as little time as we can make it. And... Um, you know, we're gonna put our our game or play in our cornerbacks uh, or safety's hands, right? It's one on one. Um obviously when you have a talent disparity, I'm gonna make a note about this right here, this talent disparity thing, because I wanna come back to this. Um talent disparity. I'm literally writing that note down so I wanna do not wanna forget it. Um so we're talking we're talking about like game plans, right? Like the flaw in this game plan is that, well, you know, your one-on-one coverage against the Randy Moss is not going to really work out too well. Or not even Randy Moss, right? Let's talk about like a Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Um, you know, he's not Randy Moss. He's an NFL caliber receiver though. And, um, you know, he torched up North Texas in the, I think he played him three times, uh, and he had a lot of yards. And like he had something like ten touchdowns total. Uh, he was ridiculous. He was nearly unstoppable. And they tried all kinds of things, you know, bracket coverage, man coverage. Uh, he broke tackles on some uh, from some of our be- better tacklers. Um, you know, he's a good player. Uh, I think that's fine. If you want to live and die by that philosophy, that's cool, right? Uh, you know, just better account for that. Um, Clint Bowen uh, is a little bit different. He has a multiple defense, and I think that that's where Seth Luttrell was thinking and what he was thinking when he was uh, choosing guys. He said, hey, you know what? Uh, this kind of live and die by this one philosophy. We need a plan B. 
and maybe occasionally a plan C. I can totally understand that. I can totally see how you're like, we haven't recruited well enough to make this refit scheme work consistently. In what, like three or four years, my one year is kind of a hybrid Eckler refit squad, but in three years at the helm, they had one good season, and that good season still saw some, uh, you know, collapses. Uh, and again, I want to get to that talent disparity thing in a second. So you could say, you know what, let's find a scheme that puts our guys and the guys we can get in positions to win, in positions to succeed. And so that's why you say, all right, Clint Bone, you're going to be the dude. You're going to coordinate our defense. Um, what we saw out there was pretty terrible. Um, in, against Houston Baptist uh, and against SMU, yeah, two veteran quarterbacks, right? So that, that's the caveat there. Uh, players were out of position. They uh, were in the middle of the play yelling at each other, you're doing it wrong, basically. Um, you're not supposed to be here. And if you've any, you've heard any of the cliches about defense, about how it's about reacting, pinning your ears back, just attacking, attack mode, keeping it simple, you know, all those things, they're true. You, because of the inherent disadvantage of defense, right? you don't know where the play's going, you don't know where the ball's going, you don't know nothing. You're just reacting. You have to react the quickest, right? You need to be quicker than the offense. Um and if you're thinking and you're slow to react, you're overthinking or you're correcting somebody else's mistake while you're playing the game, uh, you're going to see situations where, uh, what was it, the dude Gary uh, caught it in acres of space um, where the camera could barely even see a North Texas defender around him. And uh, because he's ridiculously fast, he outran everybody and that was the highlight everybody's like oh man they got a new nfl receiver over there at smu again that it's it's not there's no shame in getting outran by a dude that's faster than you right um there is shame in allowing to run for him to run wide open with uh no game plan to stop him or to leave him wide open in space um that's that's my big beef with him right uh i said on twitter a couple things. Uh, number one, we look disorganized defensively. And while I could forgive some of that at the Houston Baptist game, um, given like the short fall camp, lack of experience, whatever, um, they had a week off, right? That means two weeks of practice for this game. And they came into it making the same kind of mistakes. And you, you can point, again, to uh, guys being out. Uh, for quote-unquote medical reasons um, as like an excuse, but uh, you don't really get those kinds of excuses right now, right? Louisiana Tech hasn't played anybody. They had 20 dudes out, uh, including six starters, uh, and they played some defense, right? Um, you you can play better at this. At this right? You can do better. And North Texas is not looking very good out there. And... Um, you know, is that the defensive coordinator? Is that the players? I don't know, right? Is it the head coach? I don't know. Um, that's it's not my job to figure that out, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it's Ren Baker's job to figure that out. But it was looking bad out there. Um, on the other side of the ball, we can talk about some offense for a little bit. 
the other side of the ball. Um, it it kind of went as expected, right? Jason Bean came out. He looked like he hasn't got a lot of reps um, as a full-time starter and that the SMU defense is a little bit more tough than the uh, HBU defense. Um, he was a little too quick early. Um, he, you know, going through his reads, I guess. I don't know what the actual play calls were. Uh, but it looked a lot like either we were doing some RPOs and he was just handing it off, or they were just straight run calls designed to look like RPOs. And um, I don't really hate that because uh, I, I pointed out in the preview that SMU is a little vulnerable uh, to the run game. And, uh, you know, overall the run game did okay. Uh, I think if the pass game were a little bit more dangerous, that would have opened up some more lanes there. Uh, but, you know, you got you to gotta jab to open up the, the cross, right? And, um, you know, Jason Bean missed a couple of wide-open guys. Like, in terms of decision-making, they were open. He's like, nobody's open. Let me tuck it and run. Or he threw the ball too short or too wide or whatever. Um, he did manage a touchdown, uh, but I think that's more Jalen Darden managed a touchdown. Um, and uh, so Austin Ani came in and he threw, you know, was it 25 uh, passes, like 12 or 25 or something like that, and uh, for like 225 yards and two scores, right? Both of uh, one to Darden, one to Deontay Simpson. He looked better, a little bit more comfortable, like he wasn't, uh, uh, you know, shaking with fear. And, uh, you know, what did somebody say on Twitter? Well, he's like 40 years old. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the benefits of having an older, experienced guy that's played, I guess, professional, you know, sports. Um, so he threw, it, he threw it nicely. He missed some guys, too, including on a, a streak to Jair Shorter, wide open. And I tweeted this. That kind of miss is as bad as an interception. You're like, what? How? What? How are you talking about? Well, it's basically a turnover, right? It's just kind of a slow motion turnover. We lose possession of the ball when we don't get 10 yards in a four-down series, right? Um, if we're forced to punt the ball, that means we turn the ball over. Uh, it's just not an official turnover, right? It didn't happen in the field of play or whatever. But it's a punt. Uh, you gave the ball away. You said, you know what? Uh, we don't think we can get it on fourth down. How, here, how about you have the ball? Um, so those are bad for that reason. Jason Bean missed a guy crossing over the middle. Ball skipped up to him. Uh, and Austin Ani, like I said, he missed a couple of wide-open dudes. Uh, Jalen Darden was open most of the night. Uh, the guys didn't get there. The SME pass rush wasn't particularly ferocious. It's not like guys were in anybody's face or anything like that. And... I don't really have. I mean, I don't. I don't care which guy is the guy. Um, I don't have a vested interest in either of them. Outside of uh, you know my interest in North Texas football in general, um, pick a guy, right? If neither of them are are ready to play now, that's fine. What they need is time to get ready to play, and you pick the person that you think will grow the most over the time period you have allotted to them. So if you say, you know what, we have a whole season, and Austin Ani, he's the dude right now. So let's get him the reps. Let's uh, declare him the number one guy. And when he makes mistakes, we're going to say, cool, now you've learned from a mistake. Um, you should be that much better on the next series. And 
proceed accordingly. Uh, I don't, I don't like swapping quarterbacks out halfway through. Um, I, I think you're losing a lot of the game experience. And is it going to suck? Are there growing pains? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of growing pains there. Um, much in the same way that there were a lot of growing pains for Jair Shorter, uh, Deontay Simpson last season when they were uh, adjusting to the position there. Uh, and, you know, Mason Fine was frustrated. Uh, he's like, no, dude, I said you run this pattern, you're, you're in the wrong spot. And, you know, that caused consternation. But they got better for it, right? Right about the Charlotte game, Jerry Shorter broke out, and he's been a consistent threat since. Um, same kind of deal. Like, if Bean has to struggle for three or four games before he becomes the guy that you envision, envision him to be, uh, a dual threat guy that can make plays with his legs, but with a uh, with a cannon arm. Let's do that, right? Let's make it happen. If that means we got to lose a game to SMU, cool. Because guess what? We already lost the game to SMU, right? Like what? What is the benefit of playing two guys right now? Are you going to magically find one? What is the deal here? I don't. I don't get it. Um, so that's. I, my criticism that I don't, I don't like it. You're going to make one unhappy, and if you're just like, well, what if I choose the wrong one? That's that's another risk. That's why you have to put your whole footballing ex- uh, um, expertise into it and say, you know what, which one of these guys is going to get me the most growth as a, um, as a player over the time allotted? Again, this is your choice. This is how you build your program. If you say, you know what, we want to develop a four-year guy here. So... I don't know, you choose Bean, or maybe you know, maybe that means Ani. Um, then do that. If it means, no, we got to win now, right? Then maybe you also should have been looking in the Juco market to find an experienced quarterback to win now, right? To, he's not going to throw 5,000 yards, but he's going to throw 3,000, and uh, you know he's going to move the offense. And you're going to rely on Jalen Darden and, and those guys to win you games. Maybe that's what you decide to do. I don't know, right? It's part of your program building vision. Uh, if you don't have a clear plan for that, then what are you doing? Um, it seemed to me like we kind of knew, and maybe this would have been this is kind of forced on them. So I don't know. Uh, you get a veteran guy, and then you get a young guy. That's kind of the general plan. I think it's a good, good philosophy there. Uh, you know, they got uh, Alec uh, Alec Morris in twenty sixteen, right? veteran quarterback from uh, from he played at Alabama had a lot of talent all right you're gonna be the guy for a whole season while we develop the freshman dude behind you uh it didn't quite work out that way they said you know what let's get Mason fine out here and we're gonna live and die by his his ability and it was a struggle right Mason fine was pretty terrible his first season he showed flashes flashes of brilliance but he was a turnover machine he was missing guys all over the field. But you know what? That helped him grow. By his junior year, he set records. Um, so they know how to do that. They know what that looks like. Uh, and I'm fine with it. It's, it's part of the process. It's okay. Um, you know, obviously, you'd like a, a Trevor Lawrence or something like that. Somebody can step in and win your national title right away. But you can take what you can get, right, um, at this level. So whatever, that, that aside, uh, a lot of criticism of that. The quarterback position play was fine. Uh, could have been better. Um, I thought the receivers played really well. They made a lot of plays for the for the quarterbacks. They got open. 
Um, they blocked well down the field. Uh, Jalen Darden um, basically blocked well for Austin Ani on a touchdown late. Uh, a lot of people were making a lot of noise about the about the scores late, but it was forty-one to fourteen at that point, and um, you know it's it's a little questionable. The team got a little bit better at that point, yeah, because you got a little more reps there. But a lot of these are players that we already know about. They already have experience, so it's not like we're learning too much. And I guess if that part of the game is all just Austin Ani getting a little bit better. Cool, right? Um, that's fine. Yeah, but this is, as another criticism, this is why I think we all were concerned about Jason Bean's lack of playing time last season, right? Um, I thought that in all those garbage time minutes, we should have seen Jason Bean out there. Um, if those kinds of repetitions are important for growth, then, you know, Jason Bean should have been getting those repetitions. Uh, he would have been that much better in this one, right? Not just turn around and hand the ball off, but uh, let's run let's run two series where we're running full offense uh, against the, the twos of the other team, whatever the case may be. But anyway, I'm going to put that aside. Um North Texas didn't lose the game because they couldn't execute on offense. I thought they did fine, uh, considering everything. Uh, it's two years in a row, though, that they, they came out and, and couldn't move the ball. Right away, high tempo, didn't get enough tempo. Um, you know, run into the line three yards, run into the line three yards, um, and then failed pass attempt. You know, the funny part about that, right, uh, for all the fireworks around uh, Seth Luttrell's offense and, and the hype and, you know, like the actual results, again, in aggregate, we've been a record-setting offense, but it's in those moments where they failed, right? The actual moment we need a yard um, against UAB. Uh, on their side of the field, we need a score and Mason find fumbles, right? Uh, against UTSA in 2016, you know, goal line, fumble, goal line, fumble. And um, what was another one? I think another one. Um, it's basically moments, right? Uh we need this yard. We can't get it. Those are the failures of this offense. But, again, what's funny is that uh, if I told you, hey, we started out the game, ran two times into the line, and then threw an incomplete pass, you'd say, um, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, Dan McCarney football right here? No, 2011? Isn't that what he did? Wasn't that his offense? The one we criticized so much? Uh, well, yeah. No, well, this is a high tempo, so we did it faster. We did two times into the line and then threw the ball away inside of a minute instead of, you know, like two minutes. So, progress. Um, no, the, the worst part about all of that wasn't the two times in the line. I knew why they were running the ball. Um, it was when they decided that a fake punt was the best play of the day. Uh, it was like third and seven, I think it was. Uh, I think Austin Ani had thrown an incomplete pass to Austin Ogunmakin. Um, the ball hit the ground. It was a review. You weren't sure if he caught the ball, but it was a completion. And as a point, Asanani underthrew him. It was behind him a little bit. He had to kind of adjust to it. Uh, if he puts that ball a little bit more right on, that's completion. And again, this is why those things matter, right? Uh, you make it make the receiver perform a difficult catch, which he should. It's his job, right? Um, but you increase the likelihood that he doesn't. Uh, might might as well put it where he can catch it every time, uh, all the time. And um, anyway, 
so then Nortex lines up in a punt. I think it was already, already 14 nothing or something like that. And they fake it. And uh, the Rodriguez kid, you know, gets he doesn't make it. And I was pretty pretty upset about that. Like, why? Just think about the situation, right? We're not really catching them off guard. Uh, you know, I know that they are under pressure at that point in time. Down 14, game slipping away. They need a momentum shift. Uh, so if I'm SMU's uh, special teams coordinator, I look at my guys and say, watch the fake. Everybody watch the fake. And, you know, especially they're pinned back. It's just perfect opportunity. We're basically screaming, hey, we're going to fake this one. Um, I would rather that the offense that nearly completed a third and seven line up and try to complete a fourth and seven uh, because you have a good offense. You have more experience in the offense, right? You have the same coordinator in Seth Luttrell. You have, uh, you know, Austin Ani's been in the program for a couple of seasons. Jason Bean's been in the program for a couple of seasons. You have a senior wide receiver in Jalen Darden who can get open anywhere. Uh, you have some talent out wide in uh, Jair Shorter, Deontay Simpson, uh, Greg White, who had already caught a big pass at that point. You can say, can we get seven yards? Yeah. Like, if we absolutely need to get seven yards for our momentum, then line up, get seven yards. Don't put the ball in the punter's hands and say, let's do some Barry Sanders back here, buddy. You know, let, let's see if you can do some Tyreek Hill uh, punter and, uh, you know, get us seven yards, but from 15 yards back. That is just silly and ridiculous. And, like, Seth Luttrell's, like, shaking his head, like, what? I don't know exactly what happened. Was it a, a read? Did he see a read on the thing? Was it just a, a special teams coordinator, uh, Mike Eckler, former defensive coordinator, uh, say, you know what, let's run this play? Or, I, I don't know what, but it didn't work out. Uh, it was poorly thought out. I'd rather him punt the ball at that situation. Once you line up in punt formation, just punt it. Uh, if you're going to go for it, go for it. Line up, go for it, right? Trust your offense. Trust it. Just... just I thought it was silly decision-making uh, on the part of the head coach, I guess the coaching staff, whoever it was, right? I mean, if it's if you're allowing the, the special teams coordinator to make that call, then it's still the coach's fault for allowing that process to happen, right? Uh, silly call at a city, silly time. Um, let, me go, let me talk a little bit more about something. I, I've mentioned it like responsibility or accountability and stuff like that. And... Uh, I think it's important that we talk about this because I know there's a subset of North Texas fans that are like, you know, that's the show ain't that good, man. And that very well may be. So let's review a little bit, shall we? Seth Luttrell is what, 28 and 26 in his time here. He's been to three bowl games, went to the conference title game, so won the West once. Um, he's presided over the most... Is basically the most offense uh, in in his time here. His teams have broken records. Uh, I think they're the highest scoring in total points, highest scoring in per game average. Maybe they came in second there, uh, but I think he has like three of the top four. Um, he had the all time leading passer at North Texas, single season pass leader, single season touchdown um, thrown by a quarterback. Uh, one of his receivers now is going to set the all time touchdown 
uh, record if he gets, uh, what is it, like six or seven more. Basically, if he has a solid season. He had 12 last year. He had, what, three and two is five already this season uh, with some struggle. So uh, you can expect Jalen Darden to, to kind of pass Ron Shanklin at 31 touchdowns soon. Um, so there's no question he, he's, he's done what he was hired to do. North Texas came in at the time, and they were struggling uh, with a uh, a perceived ancient offense. But, uh, I mean, Mike Canales was running modern offense there. Just the play calling and the actual coaching of the offense weren't successful, right? Um, you know, even that 2013 team that had a lot of the offensive records was uh, limited in terms of talent and execution. I think a lot of their totals came because they just played more games than a lot of other people. Uh, but anyway, uh, Seth Rochelle came in. Uh, he's, he's executed what we asked him to execute. Said, hey, we need to uh, have more exciting offense out here and then win some games. That second one, he has a winning record here at 28-26. He's had two nine-win seasons. Uh, we hadn't had a whole lot of nine-win seasons in the two decades before he got here. So all good things. Uh, but then you, you start to ask and maybe you wonder, hey, uh, we're paying for improvement and we got it. right? North Texas is. Right? Speaking as the powers that be. And you say, okay, well, uh, what is a reasonable amount to pay for success in Conference USA, right? You look over at, at Jay Hobson, who got fired or forced out or whatever the case may be, um, and he was getting paid 500000 and uh, last year he, he beat you, right? He's a 20-point win over in, uh, in Hattiesburg. Um, they had some success. Um, they had a good quarterback, Jack Abraham, et cetera, et cetera, right? You look at... Uh, uh, Bill Clark over at UAB, he's been to, he's won a title, uh, Conference USA West title and a Conference USA title. He's won two West titles, right, in his time there. And you can say, well, he's not getting paid that much more. Uh, now he is. I think he's got adjusted. Um, Louisiana Tech has a relatively low-paid head coach, but uh, Skip Holt has been successful. they got a lot of talent over there, whatever different circumstances. Still, Getting success, uh, and then the uh, the FAU squad, you know, they were paying big money to uh, to Lane Kiffin, and now they're paying big money to Willie Taggart. Uh, they've been successful, right? Two two conference titles in the same amount of time that Rochelle's been there, right? So you guys say, well, are we getting uh, value for our money relative to the rest rest of the conference? The answer is uh, no. The answer is no. Um, you can see you you can ask for improvement there clearly, uh, just looking and saying, "Hey, well, no one has ever done it here at this program before. Therefore, I'm worth every penny." I think that's yeah, that's a definitely perspective that Seth Luttrell's agent uh, takes, and you know it works out. And North Texas is in a precarious spot because you can't really argue differently, right? Who else are you going to get? It's only ever worked once. Uh, you know, like I said, this is the best. He's had the most offense, this, this, that, and the other, right? Um, so you could get yourself into a trap where you're just like, well, uh, I'm never going to get anything better. We have to stick with him. But I think that's a limiting way of thinking, right? You know, you don't just 
the way you improve your organization isn't by just swapping out the guy. Um, again, I think that's that's hot take sportsism. Like, well, we got to get a new coach in here. His time is done. You can't, right? Uh, sometimes you got to work with what's in front of you. The option isn't to just fire them. So wh- what are we saying, right? What, what do we mean by all this right here? What are we hot sports opinions. Well, I mean, we're just we're just holding them accountable, right? Uh, I thought his post game press conference was a little uh, understated. He's like, "Well, we just didn't play well enough." Like, yeah. Um, there's a lot of hard work. I mean, these coaches work hard, uh, but I think hard work is uh, hard work is in and of itself, right? Just working hard or difficult work isn't very valuable, right? You got to work smart also. Um, you know, work hard on, on working smart. That's important. Um, you know, like, uh, so I don't, I don't think that these guys don't work hard. They all work hard. Uh, I, I think they do take responsibility uh, and accountability, uh, whatever one you want to talk about. Like, just as an aside, I think, like, accountability is, like, who makes a decision and responsibility is, like, who is supposed to execute it, right? So, um, in terms of, like, a play call, right? Uh, the accountable person is the play caller, right? Defensive coordinator says, all right, we're going to sit back, two deep shell, um, but our, our, our up-front guys, we're just going to we're gonna do a stunt. Cool, right? That's the play call. And then it's on the players to execute it. But it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? Um, because... You know, you're also like, who's responsible or accountable for coaching these guys and making sure they have the right scheme? Who's supposed to know? You know, all these other things. It, it kind of gets muddled up. This is just like project manager kind of kind of deal, assigning blame after the fact. But, um, you know, like in an ideal world, you only got to say it once. Everybody kind of executes it and they get it and they go do what's best. Um, it doesn't really work that way. And that's part of the gig, right? That's why you pay somebody so much money. So that way they can execute a plan. Um that you need executed at the time you need it executed. The short version of all of this, that North Texas looked bad. They looked um, like they weren't in positions to win. And I said this before, right? Maybe the schemes are great, but part of your job as a head coach, uh, as a defensive coordinator, as a position coach, is to make sure that the players can execute what you get in next. And if you're like, well, they just aren't doing it, man. These kids nowadays, right? Like, what are you going to do? Then, uh, you know, maybe you have the wrong players. But that's also a thing. Um, You have to adapt your scheme. to Again, put them in something that they can execute with consistency and effectiveness. Now, is that the perfect scheme to execute against this offense? Maybe not. But that's going to give you more success than anything else, right? So it's also a balance, right? Yeah, I talked about this with uh, the quarterback. Like, you got to give them reps and let them live with mistakes. That could be what the plan is here. Like, we're going to, we think that the best way for these players to get better at this complicated defense, if it's complicated, I don't know, um, is to get live game reps doing it every time. And they're going to mess up. They're going to mess up publicly. 
and hugely, and we're just going to live with it. That could be the, the deal also. Uh, and like I said, that's fine. I can understand that too. I think based on uh, my own you know, just entertainment perspective, right? We're, we're all asked to tune into because we want to be entertained, right? Like, hey, you guys want entertainment? Tune into North Texas football. It's super fun. Um, well, that's not entertaining to watch the defense look like they don't know where they're supposed to be and um, watch the defense get bounce off the quarterback, you know? The guy's not Cam Newton out there, man. He might be tough to tackle, but I don't know. Wrap him up instead of trying to blow him up, right? Um, after the first time, they should have, you know, tackled him. Um, but whatever. Like I said, there's a larger discussion. Those things can be changed in the game or even in a week. Uh, that's just like a program level kind of deal. Like, hey, here, this is how we tackle, right? This is a good tackle. This is how we tackle every time when we're doing it. And uh, it's so fundamental that you're not even going to think about it. Or it's so fundamental that the only way that you're going to play defense on a North Texas football team is if you tackle this way, right? Stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, like I said, these guys weren't in position to tackle a lot of times. Uh, the first time they can get a hand on them, all they could get was a hand on these guys. Um, and, you know, I want to temper my criticism a little bit because uh, there's been a lot of bad tackling. Early, early season college football, there's always a lot of bad tackling. Uh, in modern football, there's a lot of bad tackling because they don't get it practiced that often, right? You reduce the number of, uh, of full contact practices that a team can have, uh, they're not going to be as good at tackling full contact. Um, so, whatever. You know what I mean, like, like I said, I, I thought... Taking all of that knowledge into account, there was a lot of bad tackling still, right? Like, I've seen this North Texas team do better tackling than what we saw out there. And if the criticism is like, well, the criticism of my own criticism, like, well, we were missing two linebackers. Uh, it wasn't the linebackers that were not tackling. It was defensive backs. It was safeties. Uh, it was defensive linemen. I mean, we had Dion Noville out there, um, you know, who's getting a lot of preseason shine. He missed a couple tackles. Um, you know, a lot of bad all across the front. And, you know, I'm not a football coach. I'm not, I can't tell you the best way to motivate these guys uh, or, you know, to coach them up in these specific areas. I don't know. Um, but uh, I do know that it was bad. It was bad to watch. Um, that said, uh, we got to, I say we, it was like we as a fan base. We got to remember where we were, right? Like, North Texas was always going to struggle. Um, you know, like, I think when I was saying for the preseason, like, the overall season preview, that a lot of what we want to do is set expectations at a reasonable level so that way we, we can, you know, we're not sounding like idiots when we're criticizing. I think it's okay to say we are not where we expected to be um, in terms of performance, even if we are where we expected to be in terms of record, right? SMU is going to be better. I think Houston's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, but I, I thought we'd be further along defensively. Cause I'm like, look, we have a lot of the same dudes, and they were talented, and they were, even though they were they were not in the same scheme, it's not like they hadn't played Conference USA football before, right? They're not going to be shocked by the moment. There's some there's some changes in the in the defensive secretary, uh, secondary there, but 
I didn't think they were going to be significant enough that it was going to be that bad. You know, we've broken new defensive backs before. Um, you know, like that was going to be that was going to be a challenge. It always is in, in college football. But we'd seen struggling new defenses at North Texas before. We know what that looks like. Hey, maybe for a second down, you struggle. Third down uh, is where where it kind of breaks down. In this game, first down was terrible. Second down was terrible. There never got to be a third down because they were already on a new first down. Right? That is a different level of terrible, uh, and we don't want to see that. That's the main criticism there. Uh, you know, offensively, again, more of the same. Uh, we saw an offense that was struggling, even though it produced some points. Uh, the question always becomes like, all right, cool, you you got some points against a team that's bad or just not as talented as you in in, in uh, Houston Baptist. Cool. Uh, you got some points and some scores late against a team that had already won the game uh, and already had some defensive struggles previously. Okay. Well, what happens when you play UAB, a team that knows how to play defense, and will mess you up? Who did, you know, if you saw Miami play really well the other night against Louisville, and uh, you say, man, they must have, you know, destroyed UAB. No, they they out-talented UAB, but UAB... Uh, was in the right place. They shut everything down, and they just got beat when it came to you know recruiting. When De'Eric King came up against a, a linebacker and put a spin move on him and then outran everybody, there's not much you can do about that. Um, but you know, like everywhere else was locked down. They were in the right places. They made tackles when they had to, uh, but they just got beat everywhere else. North Texas had a two pronged failure. Uh, they were not in the right places. So they were letting guys that were more talented than they were, right? Because if you want to be, uh, you know, super deferent to them and say, you know, they're just so much better than we are. How could we ever compete? We want to do that game. We can play it. But you don't just give them a free one runway, right? You don't just let them walk down the field on you. Uh, at least slow them down make it tough. Uh, if, if Roberson's too good for you, cool, right? Um, make him catch 10 catches for 150 yards. Uh, but tackle them every time. Uh, get gang tackle them. Get three or four friends to help you tackle them. Uh, but if you're just going to say, you know what, I'm just going to let them run free down the field, that doesn't work. Now, in practical, Roberson didn't get free that way. He caught short passes and scored. Uh, it was the other guys that got free wide open down the field. So anyway, um, bad performance. Terrible. 721 yards allowed or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, North Texas did put up 500 and something like that, but nobody cares about that. You can look at the headlines, right? ESPN has like, uh, SMU's puts up 65 and a win. Yeah, they didn't say, hey, but North Texas did pretty good, I think. Um, nobody cares. Um, I think that this program, to take the next step, uh, has to get to that point, right? Like, that's the next point of development, right? First couple of seasons, like, hey, we got to learn how to win, whatever. Uh, you know, we got to learn how to, how to, um, you know, be a program that, you know, expects some success and blah, blah, blah. Cool, right? Now, um, now you got to be disappointed with some things that you were happy about last time, right? That's the next development in the program. Uh, you can't be happy about getting blown out by 30. Um, and I mean, like, as a fan base, but, like, reasonably speaking. So, you know, that, that becomes what, right? Um, what is a reasonable criticism of what happened? Uh, is to say, yeah, man, um, that wasn't good enough. Uh, your response in the press conference, that's not good enough, buddy. Um, and, you know, 
you can say, well, you know, that starts with me. It starts with me. We got to get better. We got to take responsibility. We got to coach them better, you know? Yes. Yes, you got to do that. But how many times are you going to say that after a horrible performance, uh, you know, that we, you know, that we can believe you? Like, what, what are you doing differently than the times you did it before? Um, you know, what are you, like, are you, what? We've seen him make movements, right? Like, well, all right, I'm going to fire the offensive coordinator. I'm going to call plays myself. Cool. All right, cool. Um, what have we seen from that? Still saw some inconsistency. Uh, you know, the quarterback situation is, like I said, for me, uh, it's not not where I'd like to see it. And uh, But whatever. I think defensively, it's uh, still pretty terrible. And, you know, I I was happy to be a part of the development training. I was there before to say, hey, you know what? Uh, every every new crop of, of defenders in this scheme is going to struggle a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we saw a reference scheme have success. So, okay, you know, bring them back another season. We'll see what's up. They should be better. Same guys, same system. We should see development. Um, but Latrell said, nope, I want to make a change because this is how we're going to get improvement. Okay. And then he brings in Clint Bowen. And what do we see? We see a regression in defense. Uh, again, nobody pays me to uh, to make these football decisions, so uh, you can't blame me for anything. Uh, but the North Texas program blame uh, pays Seth Luttrell to make those decisions. And I mean, you gotta ask him, hey, look, is this part of the process? Is this what you expected to see? Did you expect to see 721 yards as part of this development process? Is that just what happens, right? Um, or is it, well, we just didn't play well enough. Like, yeah, we know that, right? Um, what is it, man? You got to figure it out. You're the head coach, not just the offense coach. Uh, you're the head football coach. So when, uh, when a special teams player is not making good special teams plays, we can look at Seth Trail and say, what's up there, buddy? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I hired a guy to do that. And I'm like, well... He's doing a good job. What controls do you have in place to make sure that he's doing a great job at, at coordinating the special teams? Huh? What are the controls you have in place to make sure the uh, defensive coach is making uh, great defensive coaching uh, decisions? Right? That's the whole, again, responsibility, accountability. Head coach is accountable. Uh, you know, he's responsible for, for hiring and, and making sure his guys execute everything down the line. So, uh, you know, we can't just say, well, the offense is good, and Seth Luttrell is the offensive coordinator, so, you know, two points for him, and then we just look at Clint Bowen with the, with the side eye. We got to look at Seth Luttrell and say, why is your defense terrible uh, after you made a decision to improve it, right? You hired a guy to improve it. He ain't improving it, buddy. What's going on? So that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the, that's the criticism you have. Uh, I expected much better from this defense. They didn't do it, uh, you know. Blame a lot of things. We can we can complain, or they they can defend a lot a lot of the situation. But you know, like I said, I think that is not a winning mentality. To use like a cliche, right? I don't talk a lot about that on here, but it's not. Um, you know, like you don't need your best players out there to execute form tackles. You know what I mean? Like, are you telling me that only two guys on the team can make tackles and they were out? So, yeah, well, we're not going to have any tackles on this team now because the two guys we rely on to make those tackles. 
Everybody else just kind of gets in the way. But Tyreek and, uh, you know, KD are the only ones that actually make the tackles. Uh, well, that's terrible, right? We've complained and criticized the defensive line for, for years now. Said well, They need more pass rush. They need more uh, just push. Um, we didn't see it in uh, this game either. I saw a friend of the show, Billy Yero, say, well, maybe we need to go to 4-3. Maybe it's the new I don't know, man. We just, we either need dudes on the team uh, that can just win the game by themselves up front, or we got to get a new scheme that puts them in positions to succeed. Uh, as it was, the SMU offensive line just dominated the game. Not a whole lot you can do about that uh, when they are just you know dominating you, um, but you can make tackles when when it's time to make a tackle. Uh, you know it it limits them a little bit you still get eight up maybe you allow a bunch of field goals or something uh instead of just getting walked through um so got like 10 minutes left let me talk about this talent disparity thing because i'm already kind of leaning into it i made a note about it earlier let's talk about it uh one final criticism of the seth Luttrell regime is that they only win when they have favorable talent and that's it um, pretty much any team you see, uh, that's, that's good, well coached, will pull an upset, right? Cause they're just better coached. You win, you know, like with a, a better game plan. And then sometimes you just have the guys that can just make a play, right? We talked about that. You need guys that can just do more than what the game plan allows them for, right? Um, turns out you schemed up for him to, uh, to get seven yards and he got, 50 yards because, uh, you know, he broke two tackles on the way. Um, that's game-breaking ability. Uh, but if you're not scheming it up where you guys can get seven yards, then um, you're, not, you're not putting them in position to win. Um, North Texas has not won when they came up against bigger, stronger teams. And, yeah, that's difficult. But they've gotten washed just completely. Every time. The Troy game, right? What did we see in that bowl game? New Orleans Bowl. The defensive line just mauled the offensive line. Uh, Mason Fine had no time to breathe. It was over before it started. Uh, you know, just complete domination. Um, you know, I, I already talked about the limitations of the, the wide receivers. That quarterback just picked North Texas apart because he was playing pitch and catch with his receivers. Uh, FAU, just defensive line dominated the offensive line in North Texas, and then uh, the defensive line, uh, dom well, I already said defense. The other way around, their offensive line dominated our defensive line. Uh, that was a big reason why uh, they were running all over North Texas there in that one too. Right? Same kind of deal. Guys running free, uh, couldn't make a tackle, uh, too much speed all over the field. Uh, and that was twice. FAU won twice. Blew them out. Same season. Just a complete destruction, and then later on in the conference title game. You'd think you'd see some progress. There was none. Um, what other bowl game? The uh, Nevada game. Uh, that was a game you would expect a little bit better performance there. Um, you know, like Nevada was good, quality team. But, you know, yeah, Mason Fine got injured and, you know, there was a, a limited squad. But, again, another case of destruction. Um, probably the only two times... Uh, that you can say maybe North Texas competed well, where 
against Tech at home where they lost by one point, and then against uh, UAB where they blew a 21-point lead. Those are the two times, again, North Texas lost when they were, I want to say, out-talented. But the UAB defensive line, too much talent. That La Tech defensive line, lots of talent. And North Texas didn't know how to deal with that. And again, right, the other team is a better player. That's fine, right? That, that happens. Happens all the time. Um, you got to just, it, it just kind of, you got to wonder about this, this staff and you wonder about their ability to develop uh, quality game plans and not just, like I said, quality season plans game plans um you know that that's I, I don't know what to what to think or say about that uh you know like i said i think sometimes that may be a limitation of some air raid type quarterback uh type teams uh let's say quarterbacks um you know because of their overemphasis on just execution of their relatively simple scheme right the simple principles uh it's won a lot of games uh, but that's one thing, one criticism that Mike Leach had. Like, hey, he, he never really wins the game he's supposed to, right? The, the came up against Oklahoma after that Texas game, you know, the Michael Crabtree game. The one after that, uh, Oklahoma whooped them. Uh, Bob Stoops was saying, like, yeah, I knew how I knew how they were going to play, and we just were ready for them. And, I mean, that's the case. That happens. Uh, you know, one thing about Lane Kiffin was that he was always a, a great game planner. And you could see that at FAU. They knew who was not good on your defense, and they knew what they could do against them, and they would execute that. Even when they didn't have uh, the, the best quarterback situation, like Robeson was struggling there for a little bit, you could see that they had schemed up some quality things for that dude to execute. And it just came down to him not executing them, right? I could live with that. Um, you know, at times, North Texas has been in those moments where you're like, well, I could see where it's, say, Graham Harrell is calling there, and you can kind of see what they're intending to do, which didn't happen. Um, I can get that. But sometimes uh, you, you kind of wonder about the game plan for this team uh, by this coaching staff. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of done. I can't think about this anymore. Uh, I think things are going to be better next week in certain aspects because it can't be worse, can it? Uh, we'll talk about it with Aldo. I think we're going to do like a Monday night is what we're aiming for. Maybe Wednesday night, uh, like preview podcast, kind of like we did for the SMU one. So we'll touch a little bit on this game after a few days, uh, of, uh, normality and we'll figure out what's what. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Go Mingreen.